Good morning all. Morning, morning, morning. Um, so, uh, thanks to Katie. Thanks for leading us in thanksgiving and prayers and appreciation of all the good things um, that God does for us. God is so good. What a creative God we have. And um, yeah, just we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and awesomeness. We bless your name and praise you. Oh, some pickies there. So, I'm speaking to you this morning, Epping Forest Community Church, and reminding us that we are a worshipping, relational, healing and sending community. That we love God, we love others, be transformed and go. So we've been looking at this um, series since um, <clears throat> September last year, seems such a long time ago, but we've been journeying uh, with, with the ideas and concepts of, of, um, of living for God, living for Jesus in this way. Now, it might be that you've missed uh, a number of the talks, one of them, you can go on our um, church website, um, efcchurch.org.uk and there are talks online there there are audio talks and even the most recent ones are online along with the powerpoint slides so you can access that as well as going to um, the youtube channel for the most uh, recent ones to go over there so hopefully we we are and have been going on a journey of transformation but we need um, we need more, and so um, this is is not a series of talks, but rather who we are, who we are, and who we want to become. So it's the the series, it, it, you know, it, it's it's not finished. It's to be continued. It's not done. It's for us to do. You know, we're not perfect. So it is for us to practice, to become more. And so we say to ourselves, this is what we do. This is who we are. We're disciples, apprentices of our rabbi, our teacher, Jesus. And so we want to learn from him and do life in, in his way. So the thing is this we can be we, we we get um we get information overload we can know so much stuff but there's a difference between knowing something and actually living it we you know so that's what i want to look at and so let's look at um some scriptures now so in james it says this <clears throat> do not merely listen to the word so i'm using preacher's license don't merely listen to uh, sermons and talks and read your bible and that's that because you'll deceive yourselves do what it says so the whole um, thrust of following jesus is about doing it's about living it's about being like Jesus, doing the things that Jesus did, saying the things that Jesus said. 
the J.B. Phillips version says this, don't, I beg you, only hear the message, but put it into practice. Otherwise, you are merely deluding yourselves. You know, I wonder how deluded we are. And if we're really honest, if we went there, if we asked ourselves, we, you know, do am I am I really doing this living for Jesus life well? Am I only paying it lip service? Am I just a like in a hobby with it, or is it truly my life? Am I truly devoted to Jesus, giving my all to Him? <clears throat> In, um, in the message version, it says this. Don't fool yourselves into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away and two minutes later have no idea who they are what they look like in um <clears throat> in hebrew thinking to hear to listen is to obey so if you've listened and heard something you're doing it and if you're not doing it then you haven't really heard it and you haven't really listened it's quite challenging for us in our western world where we just want information want it quickly rather than taking time to soak in it and be transformed. Um, Jesus said to the Jews, recorded in John's Gospel, um, to those that believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teaching or if you continue in my teaching or if you're faithful to my teaching or if you obey my teaching you're really my disciples so being Jesus disciples it needs to be marked by obedience by by hearing and obeying see it's not the truth that you know that sets you free right it's obedience to truth that will set you free. Let me illustrate it in, in this way. Say um, there was a, a bench and the bench um, had a sign on it and it said, uh, wet paint, do not touch. There's some truth. And if you listen, obey that truth, you'll be, be set free from getting paint all over you and getting in a mess. But if you listen to it, do not touch wet paint, but disregard it. And you go, wet paint, it's not wet. Oh, it's, it's fine, isn't it? It's all, you know, nothing wrong with me. And then all oh, before you know it, you're covered in wet paint. And the wet paint spoils uh, you. So it's like, do we do that with Jesus? Do we, we, do we just hear and it goes in one ear and out the other? Or do we do what he says? like the, the series of talks that are trying to push us into Christ-like living. Have we just heard them? Have they gone in one ear and out the other? Or are we really living them? That is where, my friends, 
the 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 rubber hits the road that is where um that's what we're going to be judged on we're not going to be judged on how many sermons we've heard or how many times we've read the bible it's how we live jesus is going to examine our lives so this um there's this thing uh, called the four stages of competence okay so the first stage of of competence is unconscious incompetence so in other words i don't know that i can't do something i, I don't know that i can't do it the next level is to have conscious incompetence where i know i can't do it but i'm going to work on it so i can't do it at the moment but i know i can't do it and then i'm going to do it then there's conscious competence where i can do it but it really requires a lot of effort and then there's unconscious competence i can do it and i can do it easily let me illustrate it uh, with learning to drive a car so before i learned to drive a car i thought that driving a car was easy it's easy so i had unconscious incompetence because i didn't know that i couldn't drive um so that that's a dangerous thing to think oh it's okay i can drive i can do that but actually i couldn't and then i, I got a driving instructor and as i was driving i thought ah uh, driving is more difficult than i thought so i was conscious of my incompetence i know i can't drive but i am working on it and i'm getting help and i remember i i i could go in a straight line but i found it really difficult to turn a corner because i've been so used to riding a motorbike and leaning when mine show what are you doing uh and I was trying, no, don't lean, turn the wheel. And he would say to me, what's behind you? And I would say, oh, this, he goes, well, you haven't checked your mirror. And I said, yes, I have. He goes, when? And I was using my side mirrors, not the mid, because again, riding a bike. And so I was, I could, I, I knew I couldn't drive. I knew I couldn't get around a corner, but I was working on it. And then I got to a stage where I could drive, but boy, was it really hard work. I used to have my lesson and feel exhausted by it. And then even passing your test and then you're driving, it's like, oh. And now when I drive my car, I say to myself, not that I've been driving it recently, but I go, how did I get here? I'm unconsciously competent, okay? I can drive, it's something that I can do really easy and it's just, it's second nature to me, okay? now so these four stages of competence we it's we're not talking about driving but we are talking about following jesus and sometimes we can think oh following jesus oh that's easy but actually when we look into it and try and and follow him and examine our own hearts we find it's more difficult than we thought and then we find that actually I can, I can do some things that Jesus asked me to do. I can forgive somebody, but, but it's hard work. And then there might be moments that where we just go, do you know what, that person upset me and I forgave them straight away, didn't hold on to it. And it's like, now that's just one example. So we're talking about following Jesus. <clears throat> so I'm gonna be uh, this week looking at 
us being a worshipping community and a relational community about loving God and about loving others and just going through um, <clears throat> these 10, uh, ten uh, sticky statements okay it's a bit like imagine you've got a post-it pad you put it up because you want to remember something and you've got to do it I, I, there you go I put it up buy you know buy some shopping I've got my post-it pack, I've, I've left myself a note. And these are notes that we've been trying to leave ourselves so that we actually do something about it. We'll come on to it. But first, let's look at what Jesus says in Matthew's Gospel. So he got asked a question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. <clears throat> Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Love your neighbour as yourself. Now, I'm sure if you've been around church for any time, you would have heard these verses, these words of Jesus, our rabbi, our teacher. And so we know, we know them. But do we know them? Do we live them? Do we really love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind? Do we really love our neighbour as ourself? Are we um, competent? Can we do it? Do we do it easily? Do we do it well? Or are we just thinking, I think I can do it, but actually I can't. So the challenge is in following Jesus. He wants us to practice. He wants us to live out. And so we've, um, we've in our thinking and praying, we, we feel that these um, five sticky statements, reminders, will help us to love God and to be a worshipping community. So I'll just read through all of them and then we'll we'll do them um, one at a time. So Epping Forest Community Church, a worshipping community. We love God. We put God first. We need God's presence. We devote ourselves to daily spiritual disciplines. We have attitudes of gratitude. We press through apathy, difficulties and distractions. Now, so just um, have that in your mind about a sticky time. This is something I need to do. So the first thing we need to do is put God first. Number one in our lives. El Supremo, numero uno, number one. If we don't put God first in our lives, we will put someone or something else first. And that is called idolatry. Jesus loved and honoured his father and he was led by the spirit. Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. He only said what he heard his father saying. He was led by the Spirit. Jesus 
in his humanity put God first. Now, I know um, that when when Nita spoke about this, she she come up with the brilliant like Jesus at the centre of it, or put God at the centre of everything. And she had that. Um, so you'd have to go online and look at a PowerPoint, but a stick and that went through every aspect of life. And is Jesus at the centre of this thing? And uh, the song that we sent out, Jesus at the centre of it all. It's it's a really good thing. Jesus needs to be at the centre. It's a helpful way of thinking about it. But Jesus needs to be first as well. Okay before anyone else so that we we love our husbands uh, wives our children well if we put god first that's the way to be the best friend the best husband the best parent uh, the danger is we can put other people first it's so easy to slip in idolatry and god hates it and so we need to remember that god is first in my life so the way we practice, the way we roll, Epping Forest Community Church, what we what we want to become is those that we put God first. I put God first, but we're part of a community of faith. We put God first. Jesus did it, and so I am going to do it. We need God's presence. I need God's presence. It's my vital need. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to spend time with his father. Jesus needed God's father's presence. And so even on his like most powerful day, he would go off and withdraw and be. Like Jesus said in John's Gospel, uh, John 15, remain in me and I will remain in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need God's presence. We need the source and the flow of God's presence. Jesus didn't do life in his own strength and power. And if we're going to follow Jesus, we we mustn't do life in our own strength and power. We need God. If Jesus needed to go and be resourced by his father, how much more do we? And so it's so easy that we can get caught up with stuff and think that we can do things but we need to live as those that are utterly dependent on god his presence our vital need for jesus living and following we devote ourselves to daily spiritual disciplines you know jesus um spent time uh, he did he did spiritual disciplines he he prayed he fasted he meditated he read the scriptures he went to synagogue he kept the sabbath jesus practiced um <clears throat> spiritual disciplines and so we need to be those that practice spiritual disciplines and i remember when chris spoke about spiritual disciplines and he and he used um the the book celebration of discipline by richard forster and so you know we need to be those that that use those daily spiritual disciplines not to earn brownie points with God, but to put ourselves in God's way, to present ourselves before God, to put ourselves there so that we can know him, meet with him, be um, trained, equipped, encouraged, strengthened, rebuked, comforted. So daily, so daily spiritual 
disciplines, prayer, reading our Bible, meditation, study, fasting, living simply, living in silence and solitude, living in submission, serving, uh, confessing, uh, worshipping, going to God for guidance, celebration, keeping and remembering the Sabbath. Spiritual disciplines that, um, that are vehicles to draw us close to God so that we can be like him, be transformed to be like him, to show our love and our devotion to him. Lord, we, you know, Jesus did it. We love you, Lord. So we are going to do these things as well. We are going to prioritise these things because we love you. And thing, other things that we prioritise for our own entertainment and gratification, we will submit and come to you uh, in, our, in daily spiritual disciplines because we love you, because we worship you, Lord. We have... Um, attitudes of gratitude you know Jesus gave thanks when he when he um, uh, gave out the, the the loaves and the fish he broke it and he gave thanks uh, in Matthew's gospel it tells us about when Jesus uh, he he was talking then he stops and he prays and he says father thank you that you've hidden certain things from certain people and you've revealed certain things to certain people he was thanking God for revelation of truth father God uh, in John's gospel uh, Jesus gave thanks that his prayer had been answered before so Lazarus was in the tomb Jesus gave thanks thank you that you've heard my prayer and that was before Lazarus came out of the tomb that's faith he thanked God for the answer and then Lazarus uh, came out of the tomb when the resurrected Jesus met some disciples on the road to Emmaus and, and they stopped and had food together, it says that, that when they were in dinner, he gave thanks. Yeah, when, when uh, Jesus was with his disciples in the upper room, he gave thanks for the meal they were having there. Um, when he was in Gethsemane before he went to the cross, in that point of of pressure and squeezing and pain and discomfort he gave thanks Jesus our rabbi gave thanks and so we want to be those that have attitudes of gratitude that we give thanks in all circumstances you know um, Thanksgiving is a transforming thing and I know that um, I love that Katie reminds us all the time to give thanks because Thanksgiving changes our perspective it changes our thinking it transforms us it's good for us and it helps us to acknowledge God his goodness his kindness his creativity his, his wonderfulness you know before um <clears throat> before we went into um the lockdown um I, I I did a 40 days of every day writing down five things I was I was thankful for and then we entered into lockdown. So I did the first 21 days of lockdown, writing down five things every day that I was thankful for, trying not to repeat myself, but, you know, looking at the things. And then um, I remember just looking in my book and the gift it was to go back over those things that I was thankful for. It, it's just, it's, it helps us to appreciate and worship God and love him for all he does for us and for all he is 
So we have attitudes of gratitude. And so remind myself, like fast from moaning and groaning, I've got an attitude of gratitude. Post-it note up, oh yeah, I've got an attitude of gratitude. That's the way I roll, that's my practice. I thank God for all sorts of things in all sorts of situations. We're those who press through apathy, difficulties and distractions. You know, Jesus, he pressed through. There, there, you know, when we we went through the Passion Week recently and um, it, he, he pressed through the difficulties and the distractions and the temptations. He pressed through when he got tempted at the beginning of his ministry, when he got tempted by the evil one, he he pressed through the difficulties and the distractions in the power and strength of Holy Spirit, knowing his father was well pleased with him. And so we need to be those that don't give up, lose heart, grow weary, drop ourselves down because um, some feelings come to us. Oh, you know, I just can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. Well, remind ourselves why we do it, because we love God. I'm going to worship God and love him, and I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyway, because he's worth it. And then difficulties come through in life, and, and they, you know, they might make us question our faith, but it's like, no, I worship God, I love him, and he will help me through these difficulties. He is my rock and my fortress. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my help. I'm going to press on uh, when difficulties come. And, you, you know, the distractions are there. They like, oh, digital distraction. Ah, you know, you, it can just suck time away. Um, getting caught on your phone or um, a tablet or telly and, you know, there are so many distractions from us loving God and worshipping him. And so we need to remind ourselves, get our sticky statement. Do you know what? I press through my apathy. I press through my difficulties. I press through the distractions. I'm going to ignore them and focus again on God because I love him, because he's worth it, because he deserves my worship and my praise. And so... I just want to encourage us to live this stuff. We put God first. We need God's presence. We devote ourselves to daily spiritual disciplines. We have attitudes of gratitude. We press through apathy, difficulties and distractions because we love God and because we worship him. And then um, being a relational uh, community that we love others. So love the Lord your God and love your neighbour as yourself. And so, um, <clears throat> let's just read through them. We are committed to church family. We warmly welcome everyone. We are generous towards one another. We are there for each other. We help one another mature. That, that's, that's who we are, that's who we wanna become. Because Jesus, was committed to his church family. Jesus loves the church. Jesus gave himself up for her. Jesus is the bridegroom who's going to return for his bride. Jesus is utterly faithful and committed to his church family. Utterly so. So, um, 
I just thinking actually, before I launch into more of this, let's read a few more um, scriptures, okay? So Jesus said this, a new command I give you, love one another, love one another. This is what our rabbi Jesus is saying to us, love one another. There's a difference between knowing it and actually living it. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So this isn't an ordinary uh, worldly kind of love. It's a supernatural love. It's a God love. God wants us to love each other uh, the way that Jesus did in the power of the Spirit. Supernatural, powerful love. Galatians 6.10 says, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Why? Because when we love one another well, everyone will know that you are my disciples. They'll see a difference between the love, that um, a godly love that someone gives to someone else and a worldly love that someone does. So we need a supernatural love. The world at the moment, you know, there are many people loving each other really well. But there's a there's a better kind of love, God's love. So as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And I, it warms my heart when I hear stories of how people in the church family are helping out one another. It just, it, uh, I love hearing about it. Especially to those who belong to family believers, but not exclusively. So we need to love and look after other people as well. And John 3.16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God in his love does something about it. So this, you know, let us not just uh, love with with words, but indeed, let's love each other. Let's practice loving kindness, generosity, kindness, and help to one another. So, this supernatural love to help us be committed to a church family that Jesus um, loves. So, we're committed to church family. So, okay, let, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking. So let's say we warmly welcome everyone. See, that is an attitude of Jesus that he, yes, he did challenge people, but he, he welcomed people. He accepted them as they were. He made them feel at home. He made them, um, sorry, he practiced hospitality. And so, you know, we never hear of Jesus taking anyone back to his own house, but he used other people's homes and buildings and fields and green areas to be hospitable. He was hospitable and uh, he welcomed people and he accepted them and he loved them. But yes, he did challenge them. So a love, a love, Jesus had a love that did not enable people to sin. He's like, in your like in your sin, sin no more. 
but and a love that didn't overlook sin, but a love that risked that risked rejection to lead people into repentance. Jesus wants us to turn from our sinful ways. Absolutely. He doesn't well like love and like every everything we do, but he loves and welcomes us and he wants to bring change to us. And that's what Jesus wants for his church, that we have that supernatural love that helps one another. We'll go on to that. So we're committed to our church family. We warmly welcome everyone. That's what I do. I warmly welcome everyone. Good morning. How are you? Nice to see you. Whether um, that's in your household or whether you're self-distancing at the moment, but someone at a bus stop, just we are a welcoming people. Let us be so generous to one another. We are generous towards one another. You know, God in Christ Jesus is incredibly generous to us. And so, you know, there's a thing about we can know it. Oh, we are generous to one another, but there's a difference between knowing it and actually doing it, giving our, our his time, money, time, effort, energy you know if we if we can in it all up and keeping you know it's just like no no god is so generous to others so we're generous too jesus is generous he gave his own son he gave his own life for us so i give my life and and i'm generous to others in in all sorts of way financially but time my ears my listening just let's give to one another in an attitude of humble serving and loving one another that we are there for each other you know we've been there for one another we just that's the way we roll that's the way we do it let's be there for one another let's not isolate from each other or exclude people from our lives but let's just be there to listen to just to be there with them to be on the end of the phone or the end of a uh, a, a whatsapp call or wh whatever just to be there for one another and let's help one another mature and so helping one another mature is lovingly uh, correcting rebuking encouraging um, you know pointing out um, sinful habits or behaviors or lies that we believe uh, teaching and encouraging one another in the ways of Jesus in the attitude of Jesus you know the things that he he taught and said see what is maturity is looking like Jesus it's doing the things that Jesus would do Jesus wants to work in and through his body through us individually and corporately to bring healing and life and deliverance and freedom and empowerment so that we can bring healing to one another and deliverance from one to for one another and help to one another he wants us to be mature so there's that heart we love god we're a worshiping community we love others we're a relational community and we do discipleship well and we love others well. And so we need these sticky statements. I need to be reminded of the truth. I need to rehearse the truth. I, re I need to remind myself because I will forget. I've, I will forget that we are generous towards one another because I'll be tempted 
to be stingy. I I will forget that we're there for each other. I will be tempted just to think about myself. I, you know, I'm tempted to forget that we're there to help one another mature because I just want to, I can't be bothered with, do you, do you know what I mean? We've got to press through and take this Jesus life that he, he died for us, he rescued us for so that we can become all that he made us to be and do the good works that he's prepared in advance for us. So I just want to encourage you, um, I nearly said beg, beg you, don't just leave these things as knowledge and ideas. Practice them, do them, work at them, examine your heart, ask God to help you, speak to you in it, so that we become all that he's made us to be. So um, next week, Katie will be speaking to us to go over uh, being a healing community, be transformed and be an ascending community, go. Um, and so there's still, you know, when I look at when I look at those bullet points, I just think, wow, I've still got a long way to go I, to, to become um, <clears throat> unconsciously competent so that I'm just doing these things all the time I've got I've got to go through those stages so that I can be effective and competent in my following of my Lord Jesus and so yeah let's pray and um, yeah hmm Jesus thank you that you said uh, that you have come so that we may have life and have it in abundance. And often, Lord, I, I just feel like I've got the wrong idea of what abundant life means. But I know that abundant life means living with you and for you, living by the truth of your word and by the spirit. Oh, Lord God, I pray that you would help each and every one of us apply your truth to our lives so that we live out what you ask us to do. I pray, Lord, that we would know you better, that we would love you more and we would love each other more, that you would help us to become more and more competent in loving you and loving one another. In your name, Lord Jesus, I pray this. Amen. Oh, bless you guys. Thank you. Um, uh, for for listening uh, I love you I want to love you better <laughs> bless you and I uh, pray that you'd have a great a great day